welcome to episode 55 of the Alfa Romeo Driver podcast, brought to you by the Alfa Romeo Owners Club. I'm Guy Swarbrick, and with me this afternoon to talk about the upcoming Alfa Romeo Championship, I have two friends of the podcast, series coordinator Andy Robinson and Bianco Motorsports Supremo Paul Plant. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, guys. So, Andy, we're getting close to, to the first round of the season. There's a a slightly different look to I say this is a slightly different look to the calendar. It, the last few years it's been different every year for yeah for, for lots of reasons beyond our control. But talk us through the, the season's plans for this year. Okay. Well, there's always a complex exercise that wakes its way down from circuit owners to you know, through the various layers of motorsport with dates being offered to different organizing clubs and all that stuff. So in effect you wind up with not too much choice. Because once they've done all their calculations, 750 Motor Club, and tries to fit people around, it's it's difficult to get it modified significantly. You might get a, a race meeting or two changed. Well, we start the season at the end of April, the meeting at Silverstone National Circuit, which is the season's opener. We then move on to Croft in May, Anglesey's in July. Then there's Festival Italia in August, which is always probably our biggest event. At the Anglesey meeting, we're guests of the Ferrari Owners Club, as we were last year, and it was very successful. We got a good grid at Croft last year. They treated us very well, I thought. Festival Italia, as I say, in August. And then we move over to Cadwell Park, and then finally at Olsen Park. The one thing you might notice about that, it's quite northern biased. Uh, four of the six rounds are, or meetings, I should say, are, and a lot of our drivers are based in the south. So we'll be giving it financial incentives for people to enter the far, more far-flown meetings, uh, specifically those at Croft and Anglesey. If, if people do the meeting, it, it costs you £100 to join ARCA, the African Championship Association. We basically refund that twice. You can't refund it twice. <laughs> it's like a, a bonus payment or a reward for, for entering those meetings. We have been more successful this year than we have for a few years at getting significant sponsorship not least from the Owners Club, for which we are profoundly grateful, but also through High Tech, Yokohama, Black and Rounds, um, and also uh, John Billingsley, one of our drivers, his new media company, which is called Axis Shift. He has also come up with you know, a very, very helpful package of measures. What we like to do is use that money to make, make it less expensive for drivers to race. So we're hoping to be in a position where we refund another £100 or whatever sum, particularly at Festival Italia, where the circuit hire costs are significantly more from MSV than they are for the other circuits to mitigate the additional cost of entering there. So what we're committed to doing is helping the drivers financially, if we can, within the limits of, of the sponsorship um, package that we've put together. So other things we have to pay for, of course, like trophies and all the rest. Um, but we're in quite a good position financially. So anything anything we can do to make uh, make it easier for drivers to enter more affordable that's what we'd like to do that's a top priority for using that sponsorship money Brilliant. and as as john used some of his budget to actually put some stickers on a car this year paul or is he in a plain white car again let's not be silly now <laughs> john he he likes the minimalistic approach to the car <laughs> So I don't think it'll have any extra stickers on. Delivery does add weight, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it, it does. This is true. But it's, um, it, you know, to be fair, I, I quite like the cars that do have lots of stickers on. But actually, when you look at the photographs that, you know, people like yourself take, John's cars painted in the particular white they have with the minimalistic stickers, uh, I, I do actually think looks, looks yeah, pretty do. good. So, they do look. 
it's you know to be to be fair to him although he probably won't stick anything else on there um at, at least it it does actually look good and it's you know doesn't look like a shed that he's just driving around that's true although his his liveries in the um, in the virtual racing championship were stunning the, yeah the, the livery for his his kind of motorsport name Vanquish motorsport yeah you know, to be fair i've known john for a decade now he, nearly every car that he's had whether it's online virtual or racing he's he's done that Vanquish livery and it actually look it looks brilliant it really does look good it's it's a shame that he hasn't done it but you know maybe if he hears the podcast, he might think, well, maybe I'll get it done because they, they do look it, it look, it looks brilliant. It just really suits most of the cars. It, it, it's, it's, yeah, yeah it really does, good. It does look really good. We said earlier on they're all double headers, but they're not all two day meetings, are they? So Silverstone is no, one day. One day. Yeah. yeah. So Franz Hatch, as always, is, is one day. And so is Alton Park. The other three are, are two days Croft, Anglesey, and um, Cadwell. Yeah. The good thing about the Anglesey, one of the good things about the Anglesey meeting is we race on coastal circuit and the on one day and the international circuit on the other and there's separate qualifying sessions for each of those so i think it's a it's a long way away of course to, yes. to get to for some people but it's a marvelous circuit i think so hoping we'll get good grids uh, hopefully croft will be a little bit drier and warmer than it was last year <laughs> yes that'd be nice yes we could ask for that yeah <laughs> they're all in the north none of them are going to be dry and warm <laughs> it, I, it did rain at festival italia last year didn't it was that the year before? No, it was the year before. before. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it did clear up as well. It did, yeah. And then Thankfully, got wet, yeah. wetter again towards the end of the day, I think. We've got 20 registrations now as of this morning. Seven modified class, six V6 and six twin sparks. And we know there's more to come. Paul can probably update update us from the Bianco perspective or anything else that he is aware of. But we're exp- I'm expecting at least five more drivers to register before the first round. And we have four completely new drivers, which is good. Yeah. Amazing, really. Fantastic news. It is. It is. And you you, you mentioned the, the V6 class, just just snuck that in there, um, which <laughs> is is new for this year. So tell, tell us a little bit about the, the thinking behind the V6 class. Well, it was, it was kind of a, a campaign by the V6 drivers be honest, which generated momentum over a couple of years until we felt it was uh, difficult to continue denying to, to implement it given the weight of opinion. So the reasoning behind it is to, as a power trophy class, there were a lot of driver concerns about the fact that the V6s or any other cars could simply by spending loads of money on trick stuff become more competitive that way and make it difficult for other drivers to compete who had less disposable income, shall we say, to invest in the cars. So we tied the spec down quite tightly. Panel member Graham Seeger co- coordinated a, a lengthy and detailed consultation process all through last season to arrive at a final set of regs to try and make sure we didn't lose any existing drivers for a start, which we seem not to have done. So that's encouraging. And we hope it'll it'll become a bit like Twin Spark Cup, very evenly matched cars, very close racing perhaps a bit less spread out than they have been. So what is what is the basic framework for that? How how modified are the V6 cars allowed to be? Not very. Standard brakes, you can remap the engine up to a point. Wheels and tires are specified. Can't modify the bodywork, et cetera, et cetera. I don't have all the details in front of me, but it is pretty pretty tightly. Right. I think it's, it's essentially the suspension is uh, of the same design orientation as the Twin Spark Cup in terms of a road-type shock absorber, although yeah. it's a Coney Sport type. Uh, springs have to be of a standard type, although upgraded. I believe they're actually going to be provided by Revs Italia so that all the cars will have the same suspension. Yeah. In terms of the, the brakes being standard, it is the Three thirty mil brakes with yeah. four four pop Brembos um, is the maximum you're allowed to have. Um, 
with obviously upgraded pads and, and what have you. Uh, gearboxes have to remain standard. Engines have to remain standard. It's, it's very similar to the Twin Spark Cup or, or the old yeah. what was Class C. But the, the 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 major differences I see are that now in that particular class you are allowed to run an aftermarket. ECU and wiring loom, and also an aftermarket pedal box. As that's the spec, actually, that, that most of the cars that are, that are suitable for the class currently have. So rather than yeah. you know making everyone reinvest in something, it was used as that kind of standpoint. So it, it, yeah. it provides you know essentially a car that is it should be cost effective to run, not as cost effective as Twin Spark Cup, but then you know if you're going faster, then you should expect to pay more, I guess. Yeah. The cars currently run slicks and wets. Although I'm, I think Andy is in discussion about moving them over to a control tire going forward, the same as the Twin Spark Cup, yeah. which will again, you know, level the field of, of what the cars can do, which is, uh, I think is a great idea personally. So we'll see how that develops. But yeah, you know, as Andy was saying, there's there's not really a, a great deal that, that you can do. It, it's designed to, you know, keep the cars equal, budget friendly, but, you know, most important, fun and competitive. The other thing to mention is that there are there are maximum sorry, minimum weight stipulations, which are lower for 3-litre and 2.5-litre cars. Okay. So trying to encourage those cars with those slightly uh, smaller capacity engines into the class. We don't know if the calculations are, are exactly right in terms of competitiveness, but I'm hoping we'll get the opportunity to test that. Well, Paul, Paul knows how disastrously bad my attempts at, um, at handicapping through weight are. And I think the only, <laughs> the only conclusion I've ever come to is you can't get them exactly right. <laughs> no, probably not. But, Just try uh, and limit how wrong they are. Yeah. So, so some, some thought has gone into it, though. So yeah, you know, yeah. fingers crossed it, it'll be there. But I think that there is a little bit of fluidity that's been built in uh, with the way the rules are worded that if, mm. if it does transpire that somebody turns up with a car that should be uh, somewhere where we expect and it transpires that actually it's not, then, you know, between the panel, the discussions can be had to, to make amendments, yeah. you know, to bring yeah. everyone in, in, into spec. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah. I may not have been paying attention, but I didn't hear any current entries in, in Power Trophy. Is that because the V6 has kind of taken all of those on, or is that still an open class? Well, there is one Power Trophy car. One. One at the moment. Which is a 33. Right. And one thing I'd like to see is, I mean, it wasn't so many years ago when there were loads of 33s racing. And now there's only one or two, well, there's um, Tom Waits, Keith Waits' sons, and Brian Trubb, of course, has a modified car that she's up for sale at the moment. But I'd love to see some 33s coming back into race. So we did have Simon Hampton race with us. at uh, He normally races elsewhere, but he raced with us at Festival Italia. It'd be nice to see a few more of those out. Yeah. And I think that we may well be getting close to the point where there are as many 33 race cars sitting in garages as there are 33 road cars left. <laughs> well, yeah. Yes, you don't see many on the road, that's for sure. No. Is it true you don't? We actually have two in today, believe it or not. Really? Yeah, it's a very, very peculiar thing. When when we get vehicles booked in that we don't see for ages, we always, they always, it's, it's as if they're all on a forum somewhere and they all decide to book <laughs> their vehicles in on the same, you know, the same week. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> but there, there are lots out there. There's, but you know, even expanding that slightly from what Andy was saying, that the puntos that that regularly join in with us, yeah, although they've they've been quiet in terms of what they've done over the last sort of year those cars are all legible there's yeah. there is actually there's probably a dozen of those puntos in the uk racing around yeah. and it you know it, it may just transpire that if they're sitting there and thinking they haven't got to compete against gta's or you know the bigger engine cars that we may see more of those but it's yeah. i think that the ethos has shifted slightly that it is a four cylinder class now and that the power to weight is of a level where you don't need to you know, you don't need to have a, a severely modified car to actually be able to go out there and, and win. And hopefully, 
that that provides some attraction for the old 33s. You know, even other cars that have the two-liter engine, whether they're 75s or Alfettas, the Puntos, or, you know, if people want to yeah. take their Twin Spark Cup car onto slicks and wets, they, they can go in there and still be reasonably competitive. Yeah. yeah. And it was always nice to watch the um, watch the Puntos having fun, oh, yes. ga- game, gamely hanging on to the, the Power Trophy cars, but it'd be nice to see them in a closer battle. They would race every meeting if they could. It's just yeah. been bu- budget restrictions, I think, that have been difficult over the lockdown period and so on, but... We'd love to see him back more often. So an- another thing that we've seen a lot of on online over the, the last couple of months, Paul, is the development of your Giulietta, which I think made its debut in the championship in Festival Italia last year, but has had quite a lot of work to it o- over the winter. Tell us a little bit more about what you've been doing with that. With the class going forward and the, the Giulietta and the Mito, obviously there's been a couple of Mitos that have raced over the years, all to, well, both, I should say, to, to varying sort of specs and you know, I think if the championship is is to move forward, it, it needs to have a plan in place to accommodate the, the the more modern cars. But the one thing that you know we kind of felt uh, with the Twin Spark Cup was that although it's a very strict set of rules, if five five people build five cars, all five of them are quite different. Yeah. So what we decided to do this time, because there isn't really other cars that race and need to accommodate, we've started with a blank sheet. We've leaned on Dave Petty at DP Motorsport for the spec that he's done with the Mito that he built and kind of designed a specification that what the ultimate goal is, is that if five people build cars, all five will be the same because they will you know, only be allowed to run the specific parts supplied by the championship. Yeah. But the weakness in doing that is if you don't test the vehicle you could potentially design a bit of a melon that nobody actually wants to go and use yeah yeah so rather than sort of testing it in the championship as such we've been testing it at much longer races and events simply for reliability to understand you know how how will the car fare across 500 miles of of you know racing use rather than the, the shorter races that we do um and also to try bits and pieces out so as the year's gone on we've had three different types of wishbones in the hope that we will actually be able to make a tubular wishbone that will uh, it will you know it will certainly give the feeling of more of a race car than where the twin spark cars are but at a price point that is actually the same as, as buying a standard wishbone so you're you're getting an upgrade in in terms of what the car can do with with not a huge amount of adjustability but something that allows people to tinker yeah but you know for the for the price point of what a new one would cost you anyway so we've done that we've we've played with a couple of exhaust systems we've played with a few intercoolers the, the, the roll cage spec is done and dusted as i said we're just waiting for dave at deeper motorsport to get those to us we've got a couple on order with him that we're waiting for so we can build a couple more cars all the cars will run a quaif diff just because with you know by the time we're finished we're hoping the car is going to be around 230 horsepower yeah. or 220 perhaps and w- without a diff you know certainly in the wet they, they just become a bit a bit lively so we've sort of added a, a, a diff into the spec we've tested two types of suspension so far that are ones that you can buy off the shelf that are quite widely used within the, the Giulietta sort of community for people that modify cars. But we, we've we've discovered that although they're, they're pretty good and from a price point, they're pretty good, they're just not quite there for motorsport use really. Yeah. So we, we actually have a company currently making a complete new set of coilovers, which will you know go onto the market for general sale for anybody, but far more track biased and have the, the adaptability that we can actually run motorsport springs that are very cheap and cost-effective to you know to dial in a specification of the car so that in theory you know if you were to go down the route of a mito 
or a Giulietta, you, you spend, you know, in racing terms, not a great deal of money, but actually would have a car that has been tested, been proven, you know, had some design tweaks to make it, you know, very competitive. And actually what we're seeing at the moment with the lap times, certainly, you know, at the last meeting we was at, the cars, as we're getting better and understand it more, are performing, you know, really, really well, and actually some really fantastic lap times. Yeah. We're hoping that, you know, once it's done, people won't, you know, wish that things were different, although that might be inevitable. That's definitely inevitable. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's a, with the Twin Spark Cup, lots of people say, oh, we could just put a camshaft in and have a bit more power and things like that. So we, we've sort of gone on the basis. Well, if <laughs> as long as it's not expensive in the first instance, then if we allow the cars to be a bit more powerful than you would expect otherwise, it should be exciting. And if people do, you know, unless they have an accident in their Twin Spark or, or something goes wrong that's going to be a significant investment, that, that rather than not doing it or deciding to go somewhere else, they might say, well, let's let's do a Giulietta because, you know, I'll be sort of four or five seconds up the road in a, in a very similarly priced car. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the development's been good. And the, the, the spec, as I understand it, is is Giulietta or Mito. If 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 I was a competitor looking at it, what, what are the pros and cons of, of going one route rather than the other? At the moment, it's not. It's not so obvious. Once we have the electronics finally sorted, which is the biggest headache at the moment that we're having, we're we're hoping that you know we can talk with Dave Faithful and Dave Petty and actually go and do a you know a couple of days together, yeah. where we can actually then test the cars back to back because the the Mito is it's a fair chunk lighter, yeah. yeah. But then uh, suspension wise, it, it's not as you know sophisticated as what the Giulietta has. So there will be pros and cons with both, and that may change the spec. You know, at the end as to how we do it in terms of you know maybe bring, allowing things with the Giulietta to bring it closer to the Mito weight, making the yeah. Mito run heavier so it's closer to the Giulietta. Ultimately, yeah. they'll have the same power, engines, exhaust, all that sort of thing. But until we get them back to back it's hard to say i mean on paper i would say that the julietta would probably be the better option of the two but as i said until they're actually at the same circuit on the same day at the same spec with the same drivers yeah yeah, yeah. With, with the same yeah. drivers we're, we're we're not too sure i mean certainly and I, I guess some of the differences will be circuit specific as well because the shorter wheelbase on the Mito will help some places the wider track on the, the julietta will help elsewhere sure and yeah we see that in the twin spark cup now that you know, although there's not much difference between them, there's certain circuits that they are benefited by, depending on the car you're in. Um, but again, we, that's something that we once we do go and test the cars back to back and understand exactly what's going on, we can then make the tweaks, you know, at that stage so that there's just much less guesswork at any point going yeah. forwards. We'll, you know, we'll be able to sit down and say, you know, this car has this strength, this car has that strength. We've, we've you know, tried to level that off by doing this or doing that. I mean, certainly, you know, the Twin Spark Cup, there is a weight difference between the 145, 146 GTV than there is compared to a 156 or 147. Yeah. But it's... As far as I know, it's never actually been tested, you know, in, in a controlled environment, i.e. the same man drives all the cars around the same circuit to understand actually if the weight difference is is fair. Yeah. Mm. But before before we go kind of live, if you like, with a set of rules, we would like to achieve that with the Mito and the Giulietta, just so that we we know and we have an understanding, uh, you know, of exactly where the cars sit. So there's just a little bit of science applied to it, you know, so that it, it's fair and it's equal. And then if you have a choice of car, you know, you, you pick the, the model that you like. You know, someone like David Faithful, for example, would probably never be seen in the Giulietta. He's Mito through and through. He, he does. He does have a bit of a fixation with with the unnecessary <laughs> rear doors on the Giulietta. It, it, well, there you go. So it's. You know, being able to ensure that if he wants to maintain that standpoint, that his car, you know, is competitive. 
to a Giulietta and, and, and vice versa. It allows a scope. It opens up the class to quite a huge amount of cars that could be available to do it. So it, you know, on paper, in theory, it, it should be good. It's just getting those final bits across the line. But yeah. development-wise, we are we're 90% of the way there now. There's just the final bits of the electronics in terms of you know the driver aids not interfering when they shouldn't and ironing out the suspension spec. And then I would be quite confident in saying, you know, from a Giulietta standpoint, we've got Dave's specification. Here's the Giulietta one. You know, let, let's go and have a test day and, and see actually where they all stand. So the, the plan presumably is to have that class in place for 2023. Is that right? Or is that I was hoping it would be in place for this year. Right. Right. No, I was hoping it would be, be this year, but you just had you know had a lot going on and, you know, trying to get all the bits. It's, it's ended up developing to be a, a bit more complicated than what, we hoped for um and certainly from what i was thinking of a build spec it's developed like the wishbones yeah you know dave petty has done some really nice wishbones for the mitos which i personally had was of the opinion that i don't think the cars should have wishbones that are non-standard but as we've built uh, the julietta and run the julietta it's, be- it's become apparent that it, they're really actually quite awful on track <laughs> with the amount of camber that you can you can put into them right it, you know they're, they're okay sorry saying awful is a bit strong but the, the difference in terms of how the tire performs how the wear of the tire happens how the car handles if you can just give it another couple of degrees of camber you, you know it means the tires will last longer the car will be more exciting to drive faster lap times so I, i've changed my opinion on that so that's why we've gone through uh, a couple of designs of Wishbone, uh, again, to make them either completely adjustable or not so adjustable. Yeah, I was just going to say, in terms of timescale, it's difficult to be clear at this point. In the meantime, of course, they're all eligible to go into the power trophy. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. If we're 90% there, are we are we likely to see a development car run in the, the championship this season? From our point of view, absolutely. We're hoping to have the second car ready by the first race. It'll just be subject to the company if they get the uh, the suspension finished in time. If not, we actually have a, a spare set of suspension, but the car is, you know, other than that, it's, it's pretty much ready to go. And yeah, so we, we've been dangling a carrot uh, to our existing drivers for, for testing the Giulietta. Um, and what we hope to achieve, you know, throughout the year is have at least one, if not two, on the grid as often as possible. Yeah. Uh, one with, you know, existing drivers, you know, trying it for comparison. Uh, I'm going to try and race one of them you know, as often as, as it allows, just because I think if people see the cars out there, they see the sort of lap times they do, you know, they're actually a pretty good car. They look good. It may well attract attention. We, we know certainly from our social media that we're getting a lot of following from people that own the cars. Yeah. Uh, and we get quite regular emails with people saying that, you know, oh, it's brilliant. They're, they're really pleased that someone's doing it and that they've got interest. And uh, so far, we've had three existing drivers, you know, four existing drivers drive the car. We've got another two that have contacted us saying that, you know, if the opportunity's there, they'd like to have a go. So in, in amongst existing people, there certainly appears to be interest yeah. for doing it. So what we'd like to see if we can do is, you know, throughout the season, let those people have go in the in one of the cars so that, yeah, there is one or two out. You know, hopefully David might be able to get the Mito out. So, you know, by the end of the season, you know, there could be half half a dozen. Certainly once the roll cages start coming through from Dave, it's quite a quick, simple exercise actually to convert them to a race car. And as I said, we do have seven that we've got parked up, you know, in line ready to go. So if, if we can get them and, and get them out, then... Yeah, we might be sitting here at the start of 23 saying, you know, let, let's make the class yeah. a reality yeah. and, and its own thing. But at the moment, as you know, as Andy says, that they, they can go in the twins, uh, sorry, in the power trophy. And that, that's kind of what we're what we're doing. And once there is enough, then, you know, look at, 
how we how we deal with that going forwards. Yeah, I was chatting to one of the Twin Spark Cup drivers who tried one at Silverstone. He was very impressed and would uh, very much like to uh, prolong the experience. <laughs> well, that's that's good news. Well, I, know, I don't I don't know if you um, you listen to our International Women's Day podcast, but Jade Pidgeley, who's the the secretary of the new Alpha Females section oh yes um she's been talking to to david faithful and i think she's in the process of of getting an arts license and is keen to get out in the meto at some point so uh, oh, that'd be great that'd be yeah, super fantastic great. yeah that, that would be brilliant to, to, to see you know a couple of metos a couple of juliettas on the grid i think it's a good statement for the championship going forwards and it, it, it would just be great you know to have have a few of them out there and yeah people enjoying them and, and seeing what the future looks like yeah Absolutely, yeah. and and there's quite a, quite a pipeline in the workshop from from what you were saying before we um, before we started the recording seven that you've got lined up to to build. Yeah, so we we don't necessarily have people for them yet. Yeah, but we've yeah we, we've actually bought seven cars, uh, most of them white because we're hoping that they'll all have Bianco over them, <laughs> and that, that suits our color scheme. But that might not be the case. But yeah, we, we do have seven cars. You know where I'm sitting now doing the interview. I'm, I'm sitting in our lorry, and we've got two on the back of it that are you know just sitting there that they're ready to go and and as, as soon as we can get the suspension lined up the roll cages from dave then you know we're, we're going to put them together and start putting them out and uh, from, from talking to people there i think that there's a good chance that a few of them will move this year so we're just going to we're just going to build them and and get cracking but the, the, the beauty of it is is that it, you know if you email the championship you ask for a, a build kit if you're mechanically minded and i, I don't mean a mechanic by that yeah. but mechanically minded it's all designed in a way where everything it should be bolt or well, you know unbolt the old bits off of the car and bolt the new bits on and you can kind of do it almost in a weekend you know in your garage at home and is there a target price for that build kit somewhere it where every time i think about it it, it goes up <laughs> but it's somewhere between sort of five and seven thousand pounds uh depending on you know the final the final cost for the suspension whether people want their spoilers and bits and pieces yeah, some, somewhere between five and seven. And when, when we look across the board at other championships, other championships do say you can go racing for less than that, which you know you can do if you buy this spec. But if you buy the spec that allows you to go for less than that, then you're going to drive around at the back on your own. Yeah. Because what they say is, you know, you can build a race car for say, you know, three and a half thousand pounds of parts, but that doesn't include any of the bits that actually make the car, you know, keep up with everybody else. It's all the same. So I'm, I'm kind of being yeah. more open and saying, look, you know, every part to build the car is it's going to be somewhere between five and seven thousand pounds, and, and that's it. There's no other bits you can add to it. You you need all of those bits to actually drive the car, and you know, it should be good at the moment with the Twin Spark Cup. You know, if you wanted to build one to the absolute maximum of everything, you could be looking at you know, £25,000. It wouldn't necessarily make you any quicker than, yeah. you know, one that's much cheaper. But with... But it would take away some of the excuses for being slower. <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, the, the bonus is, you know, you pick up the phone, the roll cage that you fit in the car is, it's kind of thirteen to £1,400, including the VAT. You know, all the cars will have the same roll cage. All the cars run the same diff. You know, a, a lot of the bits will be, you'll be able to swap over. They're not sort of single-time use. The, the, the reason why we've done the roll cages we have is that if someone has a big accident at the moment, it's a whole complete new build, you know, to get them back on the grid. Whereas, you know, if they have a big front end shunt, they can just take the roll cage out. All they've got to do is buy a new set of feet, 
which is probably 80 pounds, weld those back into the new shell, put the roll cage back in and off they go. And, you know, for a couple of hundred pounds, they're back on the grid. Yeah. That's why we've done it as it is. So yeah, it should be good. It it should be brilliant. I'm I'm hoping that there's by the end of the year, you know, there's maybe four or or five across the Mito and Julieta. It'll be a great, you know, a, a, a great thing for the championship. Yes, I agree. It would be fabulous. And it's something, you know, it's, it's thanks, credit and thanks to Paul for, for doing the development work. Obviously, if um, the Alfa Romeo factory had agreed to build, you know, 25 of these and <laughs> them over, that would have been wonderful. But that's not yeah. uh, that's not reality, of course. So it's certainly the vision we've had for a couple, two or three years now. And it's great to see it starting to drop into place. Yeah. And I hear um, one of your Giulietta's is going to going to take on a similar look to your your virtual racing Giulietta TCR car. Yes, it absolutely is. Um, the, the one that yeah, hopefully in the next week or two that we'll start sharing pictures with on social media. The, the, the virtual TCR car that I think it was Andy that that did the design on it at the time. I, I grew quite fond of and quite liked. So it was a, a kind of appreciation to him that the first one that's going to be in the Bianco colors, we, we've literally replicated it as, as far as we can with, you know, in terms of the, the sponsor parameters that we have. So it, it'll look, you know, very similar. Yeah, as a thank you to him for his efforts in in making the car look good on virtual racing. Brilliant. What we'll have to do once you've got the spec finalized is we'll have to try and create a, a mod for Assetto Corsa that's as close as we can get to the uh, to the Mito and Giulietta spec. We've got one in Dave Faithful's livery, which I think has has the right amount of power, but is effectively just a, a Mito QV road car in terms of the physics. But it'd be nice to be nice to run a parallel series where we're actually running the same spec as the as the cars you're running. I think that that would be cool. It would, it would add a new dimension, you know, certainly to people. Yeah, Colin's a prime example. If they are doing the, you know, the driving in the sim, and you know, there's a series of driving the exact cars that actually you could then go and get in and, and drive around a real racetrack. You know, and maybe that could, if that was the case, lean itself for doing another championship with another opportunity. You know, it is provided to somebody like Colin because it, you know, as I said in the previous podcast, it, it certainly showed, you know, actually how good Colin is not only online but being able to transfer that into a car. It was quite yeah. remarkable to see so having a link up where you could actually drive the same car as you are driving on the online sim I think that'd be pretty cool yeah it would that'd be great yeah we'll have to start our development now (laughs) (laughs) I think it'd be a bit cheaper for you though yeah I think it probably would yeah and the kit would be much cheaper because you just have to go and download it I should just say just to add that in terms of other new cars um, Revs Italia have another V6 156 GTA very close to completion doesn't have a driver yet so if anybody is uh, expressing an interest there's a potential car waiting did, did Roger ever manage to sell his um, ineligible for the new Julieta series, Julieta? <laughs> uh, it's up for sale again. He did advertise okay. it a while back, then he took it off the market, but it went back on eBay last week for 35000 I think. That's that's almost exactly the price that a Julieta Quadrifoglio was new, fully right. spec'd up. Yeah. I, remember, I remember when it was launched going onto the online configurator and, and thinking thirty five grand is quite a lot of money for a for a hatchback. It but, is. But but for Roger's hatchback, that seems like a bit of a bargain. <laughs> if only the spec was the same. Yeah. yeah yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And any other of the interesting cars? We saw a few cars last year that I think we only saw once the um the white and red uh one four seven cup car. Colin Sir. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he's registered. He wants to do as many races as he can that don't clash with his Ferrari. Racing. So presumably he'll be doing Anglesey. He'll be doing Anglesey, and he's hoping to do a couple of others as well. So that would be 
I've had an exchange of messages with him. He's very keen, but I suppose his, you know, he races two different, two or three different Ferraris as well. Yeah. So, but yes, he's hoping to do as many as he can fit in, basically. Brilliant. Cool. Well, I look forward to seeing you all in person in uh, in a couple of weeks' time at Silverstone. Yeah, likewise. Hopefully, the weather will be decent and we'll get a good day's racing. Absolutely. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Yep. It's always exciting at the start of the season. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Paul. That's all we have time for this week. We'll be back in two weeks' time on Sunday the 24th of April. That's also the day of our first big event of the year, Spring Alpha Day at Burley House near Stamford in Lincolnshire. Entrance is by advance ticket only, and tickets are on sale now on the club's website at www.aroc-uk.com. Episode 56 will be available to download at 1.30, so you can download it from the club's website, Podbean, YouTube, Podcast Addict, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts while you're at Spring Alpha Day and listen to it on the way home. Until then, stay safe. Stay safe.